Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. That's called reactionary. It's no. not called a good organization. It's called, it's called reactionary. By the way, we haven't talked about that yet. What? The team that is getting exposed. Which team? Steelers. Please. My Browns went in there with Darnell Tillman Robinson <laughs> and uh, won that game. Mm-hmm. Because of the defense. Just fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Steelers are, oof. It's called disarray, Joe. It's It's called called disarray. Gutsy. Please. Only one head coach in the NFL would make a move. He's starting to lose his voice. With two games above 500 to play with. Because he knows what's important. If this offense gets on track for the Steelers, Danny, watch out. Do they even play offense? No. Well, they haven't outgained an opponent yet. They scored 160 points. You want a wild stat here? I guess the stat I don't even know. Yeah, First time in the franchise's history, they fired an offensive yeah, right. or defensive coordinator during the season. Uh, nothing to uh, see si- here though. since 1941. Oh, sorry. Yeah, in this century. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Mike Tomlin, he's just coaching circles around the league. Yeah, I think he's on his way out. Quite frankly, not unless he. Goes for a sub-500 season. Hasn't happened yet. You can uh, stop asking that question. Matt Steinmetz and Evan Giddings in with you. Uh, Daryl the Guru Johnson. It's Thanksgiving week. Holiday week, everybody. Yeah, I'll be back next week. I heard I heard Joe Shasky this morning. He's also known as Butcher Boy. Those are facts. He works on the morning roast. He says it's the third, it's the third least productive workday of the year. Tuesday? Of Thanksgiving week. Tomorrow's Tomorrow's second. Although I almost put Uh, tomorrow as number one. Number one's day after the Super Bowl, right? I would have thought something with Christmas, but... I mean, listen, I'm looking... Guys, I'm looking... Let me tell you something, Bay Area. I'm a little older than the guys I'm looking at right now. I think we got 30... Thank you. And 30. You guys excited about tomorrow night? Party for 30. Oh, yeah. I remember it as the greatest party night when I was younger. It is actually the biggest bar night of the year. Yeah. I'm going to be in Alameda, John. Say what's up. You're going to be in the Mita? Yeah. Well, so, no, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, it's everybody everybody comes home from wherever they're from, and all the high schoolers get together. A lot of frolicking and hydration. Yes. Yeah, I know my. uh... Back in Reading? Oh. At Third and Spruce Tavern, Woo. it's either Third and Spruce Tavern or Kaylee's Corner. Made it happen either place. Mm-hmm. Hey, Warriors won. Warriors won a game last night. One by five. One twenty-one. One sixteen. You were gonna. Uh, uh, you were gonna ask me something about the starting lineup. Yes. Yeah, so 
before the break, a, a caller was was talking about some of the shortcomings of the starting five, and it's pretty apparent. I mean, they haven't been bad, but they haven't been the best starting five in the NBA via plus minus, which is what they were last year, and a big reason why. Anytime people brought up you know, benching this guy or bringing this person into the starting lineup, it was always immediately shut down because why the hell would you do that? Why would you mess with the best starting five in the NBA? Well, something that you would always reference is, well, if they're the best starting five in the NBA, how come they don't close? Like, how come Looney or Draymond are not on the floor together? Because usually it's one of those two guys, that mainly Looney, that comes off in the final five minutes of a game. And even this year, we're seeing Chris Paul in with either Draymond or uh, Saric or Looney, like wh- whichever one big they have out on the floor, along with typically Thompson, Curry, and then Wiggins, or maybe not Wiggins. But, so... If you're looking at the Warriors' starting lineup, how do you think that they can correct that? Or do you think that things will just correct themselves because Clay is inevitably going to shoot better, Wiggins is not going to continue to shoot 25% from three? Or like, Do you think those things are just going to happen by themselves? Do you think the starting lineup needs some juice? Well, I don't think you can do anything until Draymond comes back and you get another look at it. But I do, I do wonder about the... Have we reached a point in the NBA where you can't play, or at least the Warriors can't play, two non-scorers at the same time? And right now, and I know Draymond made some threes, but he's treated as a non-scorer. And Looney is a non-scorer. Okay, so now you're going to start a game with two guys who don't score a lot. Okay, they've done it in the past. They're still good defensively. But you got to look at the next two players, Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. If they continue to play like they're playing, this team's going nowhere. And then the starting lineup is going to be terrible. Because it's one thing to play two non-scorers, but the reality of the situation is then you've had two scorers who haven't really scored in that in that starting five in terms of Wiggins and Clay. So you I think you have to live with you have to live with waiting for Wiggins and Clay to at least start to get better. And again, so you can assess. I think the question are we asking the question of whether to put Chris Paul into the starting lineup or not? Is that what we're Well, that's what I'd suggest because there's only one player that has positively impacted everyone. And and honestly, that all that matters is how Curry plays with particular individuals, and no one's been a better fit alongside Curry this year than Paul when they're on the floor. Now, we haven't had a ton of minutes because Draymond's either been suspended or he's been hurt to look at, is it just a blip on the radar? Is the starting lineup actually losing a step? But if you have a slower starting five, whether it's because of age or lack of production than ever before, and the Warriors are playing at a 19th in the league pace, then why not just lean all the way in? Why not bring Chris Paul into the starting lineup? Because last night he was setting up shots for Clay Thompson. Even though Stephen Curry is not, his assist numbers are not there. He's shooting through the roof. Like Chris Paul does make guys' jobs easier in the half court. And if they're not as fast and quick and athletic, athletic as they used to be in the starting five, then Chris Paul could be an answer to unlock that group. Who comes out? Looney. Boy. <laughs> I there's something I don't like, even though 
for the last two or three years, I've said, well, if that lineup's so great, how come they can't finish? I'm now saying, boy, I, I'm, man, that's a small team. That's a small team. And that's what they're ending games with. I know. And then you're, and then you're, this uh, is aren't you rewarding Wiggins and Clay and demoting Kavon Looney, who's always been Kavon Looney? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, but if there was a guy in that starting five that would take it the best, I think it, it would be Kavon <laughs> no Looney. No in doubt. fact, he'd be the only guy I think that maybe Wiggins, just because he doesn't show much emotion, but he'd be the only guy that wouldn't throw a fit or have the, Inkling to throw fit. I don't think there's any doubt if if we found out that Wiggins was going to the bench, we 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 would never be able to tell it by Wiggins' body language or anything he said. Yeah, it's a fine. It's fine. It's okay. I'll, I'll come off the bench. Now, how'd you think Wiggins played last night? Uh, well, he grabbed four offensive rebounds. I, I mean, he didn't shoot it great. I think he was three of ten, but he made a couple threes. Uh, to to me, Wiggins, it's. <laughs> Thanks, but don't. Like I know everyone was pointing this thirty-point or thirty-one-point breakout on Saturday against Oklahoma City, but to me, he was a little bit better in that game than he was last night because he was more active last night. I mean, he was trying to tip slam balls. He was trying to get into the paint and muck it up. Whereas it just felt like he was floating around the perimeter for the first seven or eight games of the season, and at least now in the last six, I know it's not a hallmark or something you should be writing home about, but the fact that he continues to show life more consistently means that maybe it was just a, a small slump, and he's trying to figure out where his place is in the pecking order, because Chris Paul's in here, and now he's running the show, and Wiggins might feel like you know the rest of these guys got to figure it out, and Clay Thompson's trying to get on track, and I'll just be the one to kind of be the, the last one to do my job, but I thought Wiggins last night was I thought he was good. How many have? Ten? Yeah, ten points. Yikes. Seven rebounds, right? Like my question is, can Andrew Wiggins be even good if he was, if he's only getting ten for this team? Well, I could also ask, is he is he good if he's scoring a meaningless twenty eight and a ten point loss? Like True. True. I got you. Uh just not for nothing, the seven oh seven. Hey Evan. Yeah. Quit extolling mediocrity with Pittsburgh. <laughs> so what? We go eight and eight every year. Well, they won't go eight and eight this year or last year, but still got a lot of Super Bowl rings. Fan. Yeah, from like forty years ago. Let's go to uh, let's go to Big Smooth in Oakland. Two thousand. Big Smooth, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, uh, early, early happy Thanksgiving. But listen, man, I want to uh, first of all, great game from the Warriors last night. I think the tide has has turned. Uh, 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 J.K. said it a couple days ago. We're fine. We're fine. 14 days in. <laughs> I don't like the conversation of Chris Paul from you guys. From you guys, I don't like it. Because you were the same guys when I was calling in to say, everywhere Chris Paul goes, there's an uptick that first or, or second year. And you guys were the same ones saying, oh. I don't know why we got Chris Paul. He plays a different style. Now you're talking about it starting to start starting lineup, which I completely am for. But I'm saying, man, stop being prisoners of every single moment. It is obvious that Chris Paul does this, and guys are only what they've been. That's why the Warriors are patient, because they know who Clay Thompson is. They know that he consistently gets off the slow starts. Wiggins is going to be who he's been. He's not going to all of a sudden be uh, Jonathan. He's not going to all of a sudden be Ant-Man. But he's going to be who he's been until he's out of the league. 
So I think the Warriors are just saying it's 14, 15 games in. Let's get the game about 35 or 40 and then decide, you know, who we are, what we need. Can't decide that right now. These guys haven't played uh, with each other long enough. They still don't have the force identity. It's going to take time. It's just funny how let's trade. We're trading people. We've got people that want to trade people game 14 and 15. I'm just saying. Smoothie. Take your foot off the gas. Smoothie. 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 I, I don't necessarily think Chris Paul should start. But it sounds like you do, Big Smith. Huh? No, well, it doesn't matter. Chris Paul is a professional. Whatever Chris Paul will do whatever needs to be done. That's my point. There was never an, an issue with could he work with Steph Curry because these guys are, guess what, professional basketball players. Chris Paul knows how to make it work. He's not some guy who has to prove anything. He, he gets in there, he plays. Look, one turnover. The guy had 12 rebounds, 15 points, three for four from the three-point line. He's starting to get comfortable, but it's so early that it's gonna take, still going to take a while. I love who Chris Paul is. I knew, when, listen, remember when, when, he, when they sent him off to Oklahoma, we all thought, oh, his career is over. He's over. They, they've jetted him down to OKC, and what happened? OKC, I believe, ended up going to the playoffs, or, or I believe it was, or playing yeah. or something. They, yeah, no, he's right. I mean, yeah, Chris Small, is, he's won wherever he's been. And, look, I, the reason why I brought it up is be, just because, I, I mean, it's apparent. Like, people play better with him in the game. And, and even though it, he also, conversely, does impact the pace with which they play at, the amount of um, assist numbers as a whole, you know, kind of the, the Golden State Warriors basketball of years past is, is not as quick and... Like he is going to slow down the game, but I, I I just also don't know. Like to me, Chris Paul, one of the reasons why he is coming off the bench at full strength is because I do think they also want to take care of his minutes. Like that'd be my biggest concern about him being in the starting lineup is that he would probably be playing closer to thirty five minutes a night as opposed to thirty. And is that going to work for eighty two games when you also need him for a potential postseason run? Because he's had a a past of getting hurt, and not being available. So that'd be my only concern about it, and that's, I think, why it was one of the reasons they decided to do it in the first place. Also to try and get more out of the bench, which they have. And now the question is, how can you get more out of the starting lineup? I think Chris Paul's an antidote for that. I think that I'm not... I'm not advocating changing the starting lineup. In fact, I'm, I would say that I wouldn't change the starting lineup right now for any reason. You you you've got to get Draymond back. Not necessarily because Draymond uh, is the greatest player in the world, and you can't win without him. And when Draymond comes back, you're back to a championship team. But with Draymond back, you can better assess who you are. I I'm not sure. I do. We know who this team is. Did we know who they were all of last year? Like I don't think they had a much of an identity last season, and so far I haven't seen one to this point. Right. So that's kind of like, and and to me, if if we don't know what the identity is, or we're still trying to figure out, you know what that means? That means they're they're a team that's going to win between thirty eight and forty five games. If if this is who they are, the, the the thing about Chris Paul in the starting lineup is I I just wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't do it now, and. 
Because I don't think there's any reason to do it now. If you do it now, then what happens when Draymond comes back? So, again, I, I, I think you just got to sit tight and try to win as many games as you possibly can until you get healthy. You said something interesting, though. Well, what if they keep getting Nick? Well, if they keep getting hurt and suspended, like they can't, the Warriors can't afford to play a lot of games without two players. Even one player hurts. But that's why I, I just don't think if they're not whole, I don't want to make any decisions about about how good they are or how not good they are. Okay, sure. We can dismiss the starting lineup if if you want. That's that's fine to me. Like and to the caller's point, Big Smooth was asking, we need to wait, you know, thirty five or forty games and I think hopefully by then you'll know more about who this team is. Like, well, you better, otherwise I think you're probably in trouble. But the right. question is, what if you're eighteen and seventeen or you're twenty two and eighteen? Like, then you're you know, you're a little bit above five hundred, but you're still kind of in that we don't really know exactly why some of these games are going in the L column. I know we have the ability to to win some games, but to me, the Warriors right now are a pretty streaky team. Like, they started out hot, and then they lost six in a row, and now we'll see if they can get back to playing some sort of consistent basketball. I think one of the reasons it was so difficult to determine who the Warriors were last year is because... They didn't. They didn't have any streaks. Like they, they couldn't put together a five or six game win streak for us to during that time of with a, you know, a, a starting five that's consistent. Curry missed a lot of time. Wiggins obviously missed a few months. Poole was erratic. Like it's different, but so far it's kind of been the same thus far in the sense that Draymond's been missing games and Curry's missed one here and there. GP 2s hurt. Like you can never assume that those things are going to linger, but if they do, then you might find yourself in the same place. And I'm I'm just afraid that over the next couple of games, that the Warriors are, I don't know. I mean, just going to try and stay above water. Like, is that is that basically the goal at this point? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Till Draymond comes back, but 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 but, I, but I'm not saying. Oh, and then when Draymond comes back, we're gonna be good. I don't know. But well, I exactly, don't know because you were also the one that was saying that Draymond is is not as important as he used to be, and I I do disagree with that. Well, I'm, it's not like this is the and I I acknowledge this that I don't think Draymond obviously Draymond's not the player he was. They still definitely need him uh, to to reach their potential, but I'm not sure that his days as a difference maker. Um, are still out there, or if they're out there, not to the extent that they that they used to be that they that they used to be out there. Let me. I want to just quick do some numbers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 36, 27, 44, 38. Yeah. What are they this year? Seven and eight. Yes. Eight, eight, 24, 23. Put the two four plus seven is seventy three. Ten seven. Uh, one up there. Eighty seven. You know what the Warriors' record is? Long division right now. You know what the Warriors' record is since they started eighteen and two two years ago? I don't know. Eighty-seven Thank and you. seventy-three. That's their record. Eighty-seven and seventy-three. Yep. Eighty-seven and seventy-three since they got off to an eighteen and two start two years ago. And that's more middle of the pack than championship. I agree, but they also won the championship. They did. They did. So. 
And and one of the reasons why I think that can I, yeah. Can I ask a question? Of course. Especially without Guru here. Well, you know he's listening. I know, but he's not here. Do Warrior fans really believe at this point? And I'm, I'm going to use the phrase recapture the magic. So two years ago, the Warriors recaptured the magic. Mm-hmm. All right. But remember, again, they started 18 and 2 and they showed that at least early in the year there was potential. How many Warrior fans out there believe that this team right now has the capability to capture magic again? And the thing is, if I were to ask, have asked this question two years ago, the answer would be yes, because I would have been asking it when they were, what, 13 and 2. Yeah. But I'm asking it now at 7 and 8. To, because that, that to me is the essence of the conversation. If you're, you know, Joe Laker before the season believed that the Warriors could capture magic again with this team. I don't know where he is right now. I don't know if his mind has changed or not. I'm asking Warrior fans, do you really, is the only logical thing to do to simply give this team a chance as is, and if something comes up later in the year and you can make a move, you make a move, but the bottom line is, is that do you think this team really does have it in them to win a title? To win a title. And if the answer is yes, then there's not a lot to discuss. We gotta we just gotta forge ahead, get Draymond back and 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 see if we can roll. If the answer's no, is that okay? Is that okay? Well, let me ask you this. 888-957-9570. I think that if you're talking about what matters in Golden State. The sun revolves around number 30. Correct. And if I told you that, Steph, for this season, I'm not talking about games play, but is going to give you 30 points a game on 48, 45, 93% shooting, would you say that team led by that guy with those numbers could win a championship? Because That guy? Stephen Curry. Can you repeat that again? Stephen Curry this year is averaging 30.4 points on 48.4% shooting from the field. Right. 45.3 from three. Okay. 93 from the line. All right. Is that a guy that can be a number one on a championship team? Yes. Yes. Then to me, then yes. Your answer is yes. But but when they won titles, for the most part, Clay was a two or three. Mm -hmm. Can he get back to being a two or three in terms of kind of pecking order and, and, uh, you know, offensive threat. And this is why when you're talking about forging along, to me, I you, you have to... Well, you, you made your bed this this offseason. Like, you you, you chose by sure. giving Draymond the four-year no deal. So you have no choice, in my opinion, but to forge ahead and see if these guys can figure it out. And who knows I'm if they can, you. if they can't. But to me, that decision was made over the summer. And if Stephen Curry is going to give you the statistics that he has thus far... And he's to his credit, he's only missed two games thus far. Then the answer to your question for me is yes. It's time for the call of the game, sponsored by Xfinity. The Xfinity 10G network is made for streaming live sports, which means it's the network you can rely on in the biggest moments. The Xfinity 10G network, the best way to stream your Warriors. Chris Paul puts on the brakes at midcourt. 
Game clock down to 10. Shot clock at 7. Off the screen. Gets doubled. Feeds Curry. Left alone. Left sideline. Shot's good. It's a three and a foul. That was Steph Curry with the 1-2. Not 1-2-2. Two, two. That was Steph Curry with a 1-2-3-4. Last night. All right, 888-957-9570. Just a a frank question. Do you think the Warriors can recapture the magic they captured uh, two years ago? And and my thing is, if you don't, you still got to try, right? 888-957-9570. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. So is the number. We'll be back to talk about it on 95.7 again. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, Evan Giddings in for Daryl, the Guru Johnson. You got your camera? Oh, yeah. Camera's locked in. Steiny's locked in. Warriors? Locked in. Eh. Maybe. Huh? Lock in, Warrior Nation. No, Dub Nation. Lock in. Did an interesting question, though. Oh, it was a great question. During the I commercial must admit, break. And I, I must admit. I think it, we got full lines on it, too. Yeah, but I didn't even ask the question. I only answered it during break. Well, but it was an extension of your question before but the it, break. It was more refined, and it was a better question, I feel. Now, you may feel differently, and you're entitled. Well, tell us what it is, damn it. So far, our Warrior fans, I'm going to ask you to look in the mirror as a Warrior fan. I need you to be honest. Mm-hmm. This team that we've seen through 15 games... Do they remind you more of the team that won a title two years ago? Or the team that went 44 and 38 last year eh, with some issues? Mm hmm. 888. You know the rest. What if they don't? I don't know. <laughs> 957. Take it down. Jot it down. 
888-957-9570. Well, it's it's interesting because to me this team like this roster, I don't know about you, but it it feels like a very different roster from last year. But so far huh. interesting. Go but ahead. so I'm far sorry. the results have reflected a lot of the inconsistencies that plagued last year's team as opposed to the title team you're talking about from two years ago. So if I had to choose, I would take last I would I would choose last year's team. But it's interesting because I don't think the I, I do think the roster is very different. And I think their approach to this season has been very different. And for some reason, at the start, they have come out of the gates and I actually well they, they've had a better start to this season than last year. They were terrible on the road and I think they started out with 10 losses in their first, I don't know, it was like 16 games. But this year's team is right now 7-8. and eight. Well, and tomorrow, in terms of the bet with Guru. You're in trouble. With which one? Uh, the Warriors won on the road. You really think the Warriors... Are going to go? Are going to win twenty four games? By the way, you know that's the other thing that pisses me off. Should have bet him on the, the home. bet was twenty five, and all of a sudden he comes in three days later and says twenty four, and I just don't need the hassle. It's I don't one need the game. hassle. I don't need the hassle of saying goo. You know it was twenty five, and then do nine minutes on him denying it. So I, I said the five. System of this show twenty four. Fine. Go win 24 then. Well, yeah, because I, I had a conversation with him. I told him, Goo, you do realize that the best road record in the NBA last year was 25 wins. And he goes, oh, okay, well, 24 it is. Which, of course, you would just start to you know, sink your teeth into like giving up one game. when the I think it was, was it Sacramento last year, the 25? Was that them or Milwaukee? Uh, Milwaukee might have had the best road Milwaukee record. Milwaukee had a good road record. The Kings had a really good road record. Kings had the best West road record. I think Milwaukee and maybe Boston had 24, yeah, 25 wins. Sounds about right. But the fact that you wouldn't be able to come off of one one win, that it just has hurt your soul so well, much, I just don't, is a little concerning. I just don't like the lying. That's all. Well, but now you also have evidence because there was not just one discussion like last year remember there was you know the bet about the lakers and I, we couldn't really remember i can't remember when ernie chavez had to go it. to the tape right <laughs> so at least now you have a recollection of well yes i gave you 24 it was originally 25 and now there's no way he can bring it any lower than that i'm a nice guy yeah you know what and, and you know what that's fair if the warriors win 24 games on the road that's a damn good year on the road he should win that bet uh, let's go to uh, Steve in Oakland. Hey, Steve, what's going on, man? How you doing? Welcome. Uh, nothing much. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm just driving to work right now, and I heard the topic as soon as I got in the car and uh, decided to call in. The phone oh. rings, so here I am. All right. Um, I think with this team, they're presently they're, they're not capable of winning the championship unless they make a trade uh, later on. Uh, they need size. They need length. And they need some uh, IQ on the bench as well. I think a lot of these young players are, are overly coached by Steve Kerr. They're a little paranoid to get on the floor and make a mistake because they know if that happens, they might come off. So they're always looking at the bench when something happens. If they play with a little more free spirit, it might be a better outlook for these younger players, in my opinion. Um, you need Draymond back on the floor. He's the glue to the team. Obviously, we have, you know, um, I think a lot of Warrior fans are are good judges of 
of talent. Like in 2015, you knew that team was going to win some championships because of their length, their IQ, and their basketball ability. Right. It's not obvious with this team, you know. So uh, I wish them the best of luck. I'm a, I'm a hardcore Warrior fan, but they need to make some trades. They need some. They need someone to back up Draymond in the middle. Someone with length. Um, unless they make that trade, it's not going to happen this year because all these teams out there follow the Warriors' blueprint of 2015 to 16. All these teams are long. Yep. Athletic, and and they're cohesive. So, Warriors have to step up their game plan because now the whole the whole league knows their their uh, mo. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the call. And and remember, when that team would go small, they still had four guys who could score. They could. They still had Curry, Clay, Iguodala could put, still put the ball in the hole a little bit. Uh, Draymond and Durant. So really, Draymond was the only non-scorer on that team. And I feel like other teams now know that they can't play with two non-scorers on the team, and that kind of is something that evolved from you know, from the Warriors. Yeah, and they are also... Look, I mean, they're, they're still the same players now, Curry, Dre, and Clay, but back then, there were also players that gave you maximum production on both ends of the floor. Whereas now... And I'm not saying that they don't have the capability on a given night to score and defend, but all three of those guys are leaning more one way than another. Like, right. and Curry's always been more offense than defense, and that's that's fine. But in in the championship year, you can make a case he was able to hold his own against a Marcus Smart or Derek White or a guard from a team that they had to go through. And now with Clay Thompson, he's perhaps more offensive-minded, or he hasn't been shooting well, but last year was more offensive-minded than defensive. Draymond's more defensive-laden than offense. He doesn't help you as much on offense, and so now they they have less versatility among their big boys, and it could be because of age, probably is, but I would push back against the caller, and to me, as presently constructed, I think is a little harsh for 15 games in. But as presently producing, I'm with him. Like, no doubt. They, they cannot win a championship if they continue to produce, and specifically the starting lineup like this. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And even if everybody starts playing to their potential, you, like, like that's to me what I'm, what I have to wait for for the Warriors. If I'm Kerr or Dunleavy or Lakeb, is you got to see if you can get a hole and then start playing well. And then once you start playing well, then you can look at your team and say, is this good enough? Because it might still not be good enough when when they're playing pretty well. Uh, let's go to Steve-O in San Francisco. Hey, Steve-O, what's going on, man? Hey, guys, I'm here at work. Just taking a little break to uh, call in. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I, I agree with uh, with the previous Steve, the caller just before, um, to, to a great degree. Um, you know, as they are constructed now, as you just said, they're they're looking like last year's team. The way in which they dig out of it, though, is kind of what we've been talking about all along this season, and that is Kaminga needs to have his breakout year. Wiggins needs to return to his past best form, which we're starting to see glimmers of. And I think with that, you're going to see a lot more um, productivity on offense that's going to lead to better defense, and um, and I think that then we can start having a championship run conversation. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm right with you, Steve. Oh, you gotta you gotta get healthy, and then you gotta try to uh, at least put together a stretch like you think you can play to uh, to judge yourself. Now, this just came to my, and it's easy to look back. But it's just something I thought about, and I think it's something we're gonna look back on and say it's really where the Warriors. did something that they, they'd probably like to have back. And and here's the thing. So so the Golden State Warriors, three, four years ago, played a style that was different than everybody else, mm-hmm. offensively and kind of defensively. On offense, they were ball movement, which meant you have to play with instinct, you have to play with know-how, you have to read defenses. And then on defense, they switched everything. So it was complex defense and a different kind of offense. I know this is an easy question to ask now. But why would you draft two players in Kaminga and Wiseman who essentially had no experience playing basketball and you drafted them onto the most sophisticated team, the most ready-to-win team immediately, and it's just to me, it's just no surprise why of the three, Moody has played the best over his career. It's because he just knows how to play. Like they, they, they just they drafted two guys who were so raw onto a team that was so defined and refined. That's the one I think. Those two are the ones that. But you know, I, again, I'm hey, easy to say now, Stein. No, I no, get it. No, I, I was going to say you, but you also know the answer, at least from well, the, I, from the actions. I think I know the answer. What do you think your answer is? My answer would be is because they thought that, that defined and refined iteration of Golden State Warriors basketball was no longer going to be able to get it done. I agree, and they felt like that was going to be the beginning of them moving forward. But then that that iteration showed up again, and they did recapture the magic in a way that maybe the or it, it maybe it's not as clear as that. Maybe it's also they felt like that iteration of basketball was good enough to win with the the cherry on top of these two high profile, high ceiling potential picks uh, or right. three and. You know, if they won, great. If not, well, then we're ready for the next generation. Well, but that didn't work because you really only have two or three years to figure out if those guys can play. And that, that's one thing, too, I think, in, in the modern game with how young players are and how large the contracts become very quickly. Like, you do have to, you owe it not only to the player themselves, but you also owe it to your organization to evaluate what you have at a very young and and kind of juvenile time in their careers, especially if guys haven't played a ton of organized basketball, that doesn't mean that you can keep just pushing them down the line and down the line and we'll figure it out because eventually you're going to have to pay them to keep them around to figure out if they are worth a second or third contract. And that's where I think there's been disconnect and where the Warriors failed ultimately with, ultimately with, with James Wiseman. We're still figuring out about Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, but with James Wiseman, they just decided that they were going to abandon ship. And there wasn't a whole lot of time to determine whether or not that was going to work because of injury, because of lack of playing time, because he just wasn't the right fit. 
No doubt. And that's why there's something about Pajemski that I like a lot. And that is, and, and, and here's what it is. I think, what did he play, one or two years at Santa Clara? I think just one, right? I thought he was two years in college because okay. he, he transferred from Illinois. Uh, nevertheless, I feel like the war, I feel like Pajemski's got a game. All right. He's got a game that he knows. And I feel like the Warriors scouted him in college, saw his game, and said, you know what? I like, I like, we like that kid's game. Okay. Fair enough. Then he comes on to the Warriors. And what does he do? What's he trying to do? He's trying to play his game, his game. And it can fit right into what they do. The Warriors liked his game. Now his game's fitting in. And he's getting playing time because he's doing what he does well and he knows how to maximize it. Kaminga and Wiseman came in without a game. They came in without a game, without any foundation. So that's that's the one reason why I I really like I, I give Pajemski a shot at it in terms of being a guy who can help because he really understands his game. It doesn't mean he's gonna be great every night, but he just knows how to lean on what he has, and he's very, very consistent in in the way he plays. Not consistent in well, he's great every night, but that could that could be the next step for 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 uh, Pajemski. Well, and that's that's why he's another, very good every night. That's another reason why I think you also could, if you wanted to. And I, looking back on it, I agree with you more and more about waiting to potentially alter the starting lineup after Draymond comes back and you see. But if you were to move Chris Paul into the starting lineup, I think with what he's shown and if there's more runway given to him from Steve Kerr, like do you think Brandon Pachemski could run that second unit and could be the point guard there? Because that's a lot to ask of a young guy in his first season, but he's also just he's more steady than any other ball handlers that they have outside of Curry and, and Paul. Believe it or not, when I, I I think Pajemski's got a shot to be to play the Chris Paul role in a year, to be the the, the guy who comes off the bench. I don't. You know, this is what Steve Kerr and Dunleavy would know more than I. But I think he can play. I think he can play point guard. I think that's. I think he can do that. I feel like he's more of a one. Than, I do too. Than a two. I do too. Uh, this is a good one from the five one zero Comcast Business Text Line. And I'll throw this out to Warrior fans. Steiny, quit trying to explain the Warriors' failure in developing Kaminga by blaming Kaminga. That's fair. If that if that's fair. In other words, what I'm saying is they drafted they drafted a guy who was so far away that he kind of didn't have a chance. And what the five one zero was saying is BS. That's that's if if you draft somebody that's raw, by year three they should have shown more growth than Kaminga's shown. Is that fair? I think it is, and I, and I'm sure it's also got to be difficult for him to see the Warriors shift that sort of uh, drafting mentality. And maybe it's because you know it's the first year with Mike Dunleavy Jr. This is his first draft class, but to go from not just Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody, but then also. Patrick Baldwin Jr., who's a 19-year-old who only played one year in college and didn't play a whole lot. He's more of a, a ceiling prospect. So now having those high upside guys be the whatever you know ideal future core to now this year, 
Brandon Pachemski and Trace Jackson Davis, who is you have to throw in there because of what he has shown himself to give you and how much trust, honestly, Steve Kerr's given him right out of the gates. So if you're coming and you're seeing that, you might be wondering what your status is. You might be wondering how you fit, especially when those guys have already been given opportunity in their rookie year the way you were not. It's a different team. That team was one that won the championship. So Kaminga comes into a different situation. But if he hasn't seen his role grown enough that he's happy with, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's his fault. I'm, what I'm trying to illustrate is that is it's an extremely, extremely difficult situation for him to be okay with. And then there's two new players that come in. Yeah, it's a good point. And real you're good. seeing them get some run. Real good. That's a real good point. And and Kaminga feels like he's fighting or swimming upstream. Yeah. Um, let's go to Dre. Our buddy Dre's in Lamore. What's up, Dre? How are you, buddy? Good morning to you guys. Yeah, it right back to you, buddy. Hey, hope. Hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Sure, you, you too. too. I, you know, I never thought I would say this. I never thought I would say this, but I think Clay's lost it. I missed. I missed last night's game. I didn't see him get twenty. But what I've seen thus far. I don't know, guys. And I, if I was her or the general manager, there's no way I could cut him. He's given us too much. Hopefully he comes through. As far as the rest of the team, you know, I, was, I really hated Chris Paul. I always have. I still don't like him. But I, would, I was really encouraged the way he was being a calming presence, and there was less, a lot of less turnovers on the floor. But that game where Draymond got kicked out, in the last two minutes of that game, Chris Paul folded like a chair. Turnovers, not shooting the ball. I don't know. You know, I don't know if this team can. There's like stop shooting themselves in the foot. And you guys are right; they don't have enough length. I just, you know, I don't, I don't see it happening. And I, I'm, I'm a homer. I don't see it. No, happening. I know. I, hey, Dre, and I know you're. Uh... Get out of here, Lucas. I'll fix it. <laughs> then fix it. Hey. Does, does he not see it, Bob? No, Dre, Dre's usually optimistic. And, Thanks, you know, Luke. the thing with Clay, to me, what what stuck out last night is are we are we just is Clay just catch and shoot right now? That's like do you tell Clay if you put that ball on the floor more than one or two times, don't shoot it. Just wait till it be a catch and shoot guy. I mean, that's the way I watch games. Like when, all right, when you watch Clay Thompson play and he dribbles more than three or four times, do you feel confident no. that the Warriors are going to get a good shot or that he's going to create a good shot for himself? No, no. In, in a way, he. And I'm not. I'm not saying he used to be able to take a guy off the dribble. No, but he could take one dribble and spring. He could get to his spot, and it doesn't feel like. Now more than ever, he can get to his spot. I mean, I, I know everyone is just going to take the low-hanging fruit, but the one possession against Cleveland where he caught it against Lavert and tried to maneuver right. around him, and then I'm watching Cleveland play the next night or two against Sacramento, and Herder's going past Lavert. Fox obviously is going past Lavert, but there are players that have never been at his peak in Clay Thompson's league that are operating with success against the same guy that just tossed Clay Thompson into the first row off the dribble. That's hard. 
It's hard it is, to watch. It is hard. It's absolutely, uh, it's not easy. I know that. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. Ask the question uh, at the beginning of last segment. Does this Golden State Warrior team uh, give you the hope that they could be the team of two years ago? Kind of find some magic as the season goes along? I also wonder, like, do people honestly believe that it is a construction issue? Because I, I don't know about you, Stani, but I feel like it's hard to envision the Warriors making a move, a big-time move that would shake up this roster. I know people are clamoring for Levine or, or Siakam. I don't, I don't know which player they think is going to come in and change that, but as constructed, or is it just because you feel like, I don't know, like, does this team have the ability to get better, or is this who they are? Like, Do you think that they're a close to 500 team, or do you think they're just 7-8 and eight because they haven't been able to shoot it well? I got to see more, and I think that's the that's the question we got to ask. I'll tell you what I'm not uh, that I would what I wouldn't give up on. I know it's easy to say, well, who wants these Warriors players? But it's it's not that cut and dried. There may you find a team out there that wants to reset their salary structure, and the Warriors have some players that. You'd be interested in Chris Paul and perhaps Trey, uh, uh, Clay Thompson. Now, I don't want to talk about trading Clay Thompson right now because I think it's still, I think it's a little too early for that. But you know, you might be able to get a, a a solid player that fits on this team very well by giving up an expiring contract, a role player, and then and then maybe a draft pick. That's that's for down the line. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. This Warrior team, can they turn into the championship team of two years ago, or do they look more like last year's 44-38 and 38 team? That segment, let me see, was brought to you by, oh, I'll tell you who it was brought to you by. Well, tell us what it is, damn it. Flag and Anthem. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.